Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. And I'm your host, Ron John Toey. And this is Talking Points. Let's get to the motherfuckers. Let's talk at the points. Uh, talk We're at talking the, the points. This talk is a real point, song. Uh, talk at the points. All right, Noli, we're back for another episode of Talking Points. In this week's episode, we're going to focus on the uh, recent announcement of Bruce Willis's retirement. The legend, the icon, the action star of the 80s turned 90s, the man himself, John McClane. What's your thoughts, motherfucker? Yeah, you know, it, it does. It always feels like the end of an era. And uh, I suppose when it comes to action stars, I know you end up kind of a quiet in real life to kind of what you've seen of them on the silver screen. But you wanted to be with a bang. You know what I mean? You wanted the, the last mm. hurrah and him to 100% go out on his own terms. And um, so it's not just him retiring because people retire and, and not many people are as lucky to have the career that he has had. It's mm. just the sadness of going out on what is almost certainly absolutely nobody's terms so uh, yeah yeah aphasia or something like uh, aphasia i think aphasia it's, sorry yeah yeah it's a language disorder and it it, it, it seems that like it's it, it, i think it puts into kind of a cognitive decline yeah you know your your ability to understand like control language expressions and and, and understanding what's going on right so that's just that's just absolutely an awful thing and i hope it's it's it sounds like it's something that that can uh that how fast it happens is obviously the thing because it's a yeah. aggressive thing but uh yeah no, it was very sad yeah, that's 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 it. Yeah, and um, yeah. So it was sad. It was sad, but I, I mean, you I kind of when you stopped, you kind of go, "Wow, Bruce Willis, that was a career. That, yeah. was, that was one hell of a career. He was he's made some, and especially when we grew up with uh, Jean Claude and and uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and then we had Bruce Willis, <laughs> you know, and he was just just kind of like maybe I can't be an action star, you know? Yeah, it's Bruce. Like I'm sure Bruce would kick my ass six ways from Sunday, but I'm just saying he didn't have that like. You know, he didn't have the high kick and he didn't have the muscles for mm. muscle. You know, he, he didn't have like he was um, like the Mr. Olympia. He was like the stone cold of the action action hero world. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, normal enough looking dude. And he just starts throwing down with motherfuckers. You know, like when Stone yeah. Cold was in wrestling, he just came in and he's like throwing down with guys like face pains, like Undertaker dressed <laughs> like a dead guy. And Stone Cold's there just there in his underpants and he's just drinking beers. Getting split open left, right, and center. You know what I mean? That was kind of like yeah. Bruce Willis. He was like the stone cold of the the action heroes, where he didn't have all the 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 muscles and like the fucking chiseled abs or whatever. Like you know, but he was in there throwing down, fucking getting blown up, doing his thing. Like the Die Hard franchise is one of the most memorable franchises of all time in terms of action movies. Oh my god, it's 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 literally up there. You know, we have a uh, Peralta in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and. Everything to him is the Die Hard movie because it yeah. was the, the perfect movie, and and as somebody who's of the same generation of them, it's you know it's it's on back when we used to have to like actually watch television to see our movies like Die Hard and Die Hard uh, with a Vengeance were yes. two that you would kind of see a few times before the Christmas year was time. Out. It's a Christmas movie oh, because it is a Christmas movie, <laughs> they're, they're, and that was the end of that debate. Um, but I, uh, you know, it gets to the point where you actually have a genuine appreciation for it. Like mm. a genuine appreciation. It feels like it has you have the nostalgia for it, and it also is by any metric an excellent action film. Oh yeah. That, that even, that even today. Rickman, like, oh Alan Rickman at the height of his powers. And and this is this is still to this day this kind of it, it, it gets used like uh, oh it was a really good film. Now, I'm not saying it's diehard, you know, that when they're yeah. talking about action films, it's still this benchmark 35, 36 years later. Mm. Uh, between somewhere in that area uh, 87 I think it came out uh, absolutely phenomenal career and he was kind of a likeable charming motherfucker for like 40 years and and I, I love the fact that he can look back on that and I hope he I hope him health 
Uh, what about you? How do you feel about with this? What was the first thing that went through your head when you got the news? Um, like I, I was disappointed that obviously that he was returning the way he was turned because like you, as you say, you want to see someone like that go in his own terms. Like you know what I mean? He's a fucking monolith in terms of like he's acting. Like I know his last ten years of movies have been a lot of B movies, and maybe because he knew he was ill before he ever announced it, and he was trying to kind of get his nest egg in order. Maybe mm. it might have been a case because some people have said that like he wasn't the same person. But like before the illness, however long he's been suffering from it, um, before the aphasia thing, the his career is fucking iconic, man. Like six cents, like unbreakable. Like like even close, like even more recently, glass, like you know what I mean? Like he met glass, mm. he, like he could have been suffering from aphasia. Yeah, it could, it could have been, could and, have he, been, and he yeah. still and he still comes out with like a movie like Glass, like which is not an amazing movie, but it's still far from terrible, like you know what I mean? Like so mm-hmm. um, but I just think like it's a shitty way for him to fucking wrap up such a legendary career that like I, I will forgive him like for any kind of VOD movies he makes like you know video on demand movies because I've no problem with that when someone's like 60 years old and they still want to do their thing but they don't have the same drawing power so they're making yeah like a slightly worse versions of what they would have made in their heyday like yeah. that happens to a lot of them it happened to Schwarzenegger happened to Van Damme De Niro Steve, yeah Robert De Niro you know what I mean like, like you know what I mean so it happens to all of them because just that generation that brought you to that level either have gone on or like you know passed away or whatever the older you get or they're just like slightly interested in different things because the older they got themselves that your career always going to take a, a strange dive near the end especially when you're such an um a, a niche kind of person whereas he was even though he did a lot of dramatic roles he became an action hero and an action star and that's what he leaned into in his later years the the kind of the stereotype that people saw him as instead of like the dramatic roles that he's done throughout his career and uh, he, he kind of leaned into the action things the later went on because some of his best roles were the dramatic roles. And I think that, that like, you know, if you weigh up his body of work, that uh, he's never been out of the public eye for the last 30 years. And I'm looking through incredible. it, and that's very, very true. I mean, he's he's released films in, in as recently as the last couple of months on Netflix, something called um, Out of Death. Uh, so yeah, that came out of July last year. So he has been absolutely like, but yeah, like good, bad or indifferent. He was in GI Joe. Like you're looking through them. Debt Wish, which was I haven't seen, but it was ill received. But maybe Red, I actually really enjoyed. But like Sin City was great. Yeah, there's two reds. Um, uh, but yeah, he was yeah, he was just absolutely banging them out, absolutely all of the time. And the thing is, and I, and this is not said. I mean, he was in the last last Boy Scout, which is also an absolutely incredible movie. Yeah, but um, he was never like that. He was the best actor. It, like that wasn't what he brought to the table. He wasn't like coming like with a Pacino performance. Yeah, that he had that he had this thing that worked. Charisma, charisma. Yeah, that that's absolutely undeniable. But um. I don't know, like, it seems like they're a dying breed. You know what I mean? Just as somebody you could just drop in into a movie that, and have that has the, the charm and knows their way around the joke and can even speak in a monotone and have it be very, very funny. Uh, and I, I don't know, I just, I, I bought his charm and I never, ever got sick of it now that I'm looking back over it. You know? it that's what I'm saying. Like, same with Nicolas Cage. Like, I don't care how bad the movie is. I'll watch a movie if they're in it because even if they're phoning in, nobody phones in better than Bruce Willis or Nicolas Cage. Yeah. They'll, like, they'll phone it in in a way. Like, I know he said he's never phoned in and, but like, 
he can't deny that he's given more effort to certain roles than he did to other roles. Because like when you look at like Looper, how good he was in that, or if you look at uh, Glass or Unbreakable, these kind of roles that he really leaned into and he really got stuck into and gave a good portrayal of the character. That like when you look at some of his the some of the science fiction movies he made recently, um, that one with Frank Grillo, like like uh, what movie is that called? Um, it's just a new movie that was on Netflix. Oh, it's got a stupid title, I think. Um, oh God, yeah, is that the one where? Uh, one second, I'm going to look it up real yeah, quick. Yeah, which point? Yeah, um, and uh, even though he says that he didn't phone it in in certain parts, that like reprisal, just, uh, reprisal is that what it was called? Is it? It was a 2018 movie. He was in the Frank Grillo called Reprisal. I think that might be another one altogether. He was in a few <laughs> of them because <laughs> Frank Grillo is kind of doing the scene. Oh my God, his box office was 180 grand. <laughs> yeah, well. If I make 180 grand off my book, I'd be very happy. <laughs> Wait, Vinny, tell us more about your book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So set in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, so like, even though his movies kind of veered off near the end and all that kind of stuff, and he phoned it in sometimes, whether he says he did or not, um, and whether or not that was due to his condition, that it seemed like he was phoning in for us. But for him, it was just like a case of that he was finding it hard to grasp the situation like you know what I mean and that's totally fair um if that was the case but like at the end of the day he always entertains no matter what Bruce Willis you get no matter if it's Bruce Willis prime in the 90s going into the 2000s or mm. if the, uh, my my suspicion is that he's been suffering for this longer and he's let on and it probably got to the case where he couldn't deny it anymore his kids are saying that have the like have that word be given to the world and now have everyone know it has been absolutely surreal because yeah. obviously, somebody who has been an A-lister, like an A-A-A-A-A-lister, yeah. like Bruce fucking Willis. There's nobody who doesn't know who Bruce Willis is, if mm. you have any idea. Um, but to have that word given to the world now, she said it's been surreal. Because obviously, yeah. he's keeping a secret at that level of TMZ fucking, you know, yeah. is is just very, very, very impressive. Mm. And the, yeah, so obviously, it must be, uh, yeah, I'd say so. It's got to a point where there's no denying it. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he gets a million a day for shooting. Oh, really? You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what he was getting on reprisal. He has a million a day deal and he does cameos. Like, I mean, God. That's <laughs> genius. It's genius. And Man. Cosmic, was Cosmic Sin. Cosmic fucking Sin. That movie was trash. But I watched it, you know what I mean? And I only watched it because Bruce Wilson, oh, and Frank Grillo, because Frank Grillo's entertainment as well. Like, you know, you can say what you want about Frank Grillo. I think he did another movie with Mel Gibson called Boss Level. Yeah, the, oh, man. I awesome. loved Boss Level. Awesome Boss- movie. That 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 uh, Groundhog's Day meets kind of a day, uh, Die Hard. Now it's near, it's near, it's not, it's neither Groundhog Day nor Die Hard. Yeah. They're they're staples, but I'm just saying it tried to match, match those that vein exactly. Yeah, yeah, and like I think, um, like like I, like even Mel Gibson now, he might not be making the same high quality movies he made once upon a time, but he's still directing high quality movies and stuff like this. Um, but like. Anytime Mel Gibson's in a movie, if I see his name come up, I'm immediately interested in seeing that movie, whether or not if it's a high quality movie or not. Same with same. Bruce Willis, same with Nicolas Cage. They're guys we grew up with. They're guys we remember in their heyday in the 90s when they were blockbuster megastars. You know what I mean? That they were the shit like they were the, the, the normal guy in air quotes, action stars, Lethal Weapon. You got uh, Die Hard, you had Nicolas Cage movies like The Rock, Con Air, where he was kind of this like, Con Air less so because he's like a fucking ranger or something. But like, you know, this kind of almost unassuming normal person. Raising Arizona is a great example of what you're talking about. Yeah, no, but I mean like uh, an action kind of setting because Raising Arizona, he's like, he's a criminal, isn't he? No. 
Yeah, and he has the baby. Remember, he takes on that fucking dude that shows up with the shotguns on his back <laughs> and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that was a great film growing fucking up. Fucking well. Brothers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But you're right, they are. And they were, I don't know, maybe they're going to be looked back on and it's going to be like the way we look back on the 80s hair and 80s spandex. We're going like, what the hell were we thinking, you know, in that era or something? Mm. And maybe maybe the kids now are going to look back and go, well, it's very cheesy. It's very corny. And we were like, yeah. It, it was it was sometimes it was popcorn entertainment, but sometimes yeah. it was pop. But every now and again it was of the absolute highest quality. It was iconic though. It iconic. Not, yeah, like you know, look at that year, look at those years, The Rock, Independence Day. Like I know Independence is Will Smith or Will Simp. Uh <laughs> couldn't resist. <laughs> Who slaps a man at a war show? It's a joke, <laughs> you fucking muppet. <laughs> you made your career as a comedian. Can you not take a joke? <laughs> fucking dickhead. But um, but um, around that time, we had so many fucking awesome action movie blockbusters. The Rock, Con Air, like uh, Independence Day, like I said. And you had like the Little Weapon movies. You had the Die Hard movies. True Lies. True lies, you know what yeah, I mean? Like Terminators and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so this this is the reason why we still watch these people. Like, you know, we still watch Warsnick, we still watch Nicholas Cage, we still watch a Will Smith, like you know what I mean? Like uh we still watch a Bruce Willis, we'll still watch a fucking um Mel Gibson and because we grew up with these guys, like they're the guys that entertained us. We remember them when they were the heat uh, in the in that kind of zenith of their careers where they wore the star. And I know it all came at different times for all those people I just mentioned, but every single one of them meet the criteria, meet the criteria, or they were the star. And a lot of the times now in their more recent things, they've made less than great movies, but every now and again, they'll fucking kick out really entertaining movie, like a boss level or some shit like that, or Nicolas Cage with like a color of space or a Mandy. And anytime I show up, they might not always be the same quality as those movies that I just mentioned, but I'll always show up simply because they're there. And that star power is undeniable for yeah. Bruce Willis as well, you know? Yeah, no, it is. It's absolutely undeniable. Bruce Willis is the Bruce Willis of Bruce Willis's because unlike mm. the Stallone and Schwarzenegger where you do seem to have like an overlap, you know, like people have joked, what was the uh, last action hero? And in the last action hero universe, Stallone was the Terminator. Yeah. The, you know, because there is that kind of joke where they're both like hard to understand at times. And interchangeable. They're like, inter- yeah, they're quite interchangeable. But uh, but Bruce Willis kind of wasn't. So despite the fact that he didn't have the cube, the, the absolute, like the Leonardo DiCaprio acting range or whatever, whatever have you, he did have this thing that only Bruce Willis seemed to have. Yeah. And that, and when they managed to turn that into bank, that's what star power is. Definitely yeah. recognizable, charismatic, exactly. That guy that can do with a smile what everybody else needs this like really yeah. cool line to do. You know, <laughs> had that man, he had that. So space. he delivers a line, Welcome to the party, pal. You know what I mean? Like, you know, every fucking thing he does, like, it's just like he always had this like smile on his face as if Bruce Willis himself could, like, was in on the joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's kind of like Bruce Willis is like, I'm just a guy, I can't believe I'm this awesome. Like, yeah, I'm exactly. this awesome. Because he, I'm just being Bruce Willis. Like even like John McClane, I think is probably the closest to him as an like that character. Oh yeah, yeah. Closest to him as an actual person, like you know. But this, I mean, like we we talk about like Iron Man was always one of my go tos because Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man worked Hmm. because Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark kind of just works because they are the same thing. Because they are the same thing in so many ways. But the same like somebody like John McClane, and he's like, look, the buddy cop movie. Like, you know, we had the cop and the the, 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 the the street cop and we had in open the building and all this kind of stuff. But McLean is Bruce Willis. There's there's yeah. just no way it could be any other way. 
Of course. Like, like you couldn't imagine couldn't anybody else. That anybody else. Nobody else. You know, like, I, I just, it's just... Those first four movies are really... Like, the first three are iconic. Two, not as much as one and three. But part four is pretty entertaining. Part five is fucking dumpster fire. Yeah. Like, how anybody keeps hiring Jay Carney is fucking beyond me. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Best thing that ever happened to him is the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I said it. Helicopter <laughs> crap. <laughs> uh, too much, but I could. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. <laughs> but um, no, so like like that, like when you weigh up, like you know, like Schwarzenegger's got the Terminator movies. Um, he's got Predator one, you know. But I want to talk about the franchises that are inextricably linked to these people. Like, so Schwarzenegger's got Terminator. Like Stallone's got Rambo and Rocky. He's Rambo and Rocky. You couldn't yeah. leave one out. You couldn't yeah, leave one out. Exactly. Like uh, Van Damme, maybe Universal Soldier. Not as much. He never re- reached the same zenith as those guys. Bloodsport. Uh, yeah, but he never reached it. No, he's he never, never like, many. Dolph, Dolph Lundgren is another guy who's a huge name, but he never, never reached. Yeah, his you know they were there slightly below him, just slightly. Or like, like on the same level as like a Chuck Norris, maybe. You know. Oh I mean? yeah, you know what? I'd actually say somewhere in in that Venn diagram, somewhere. Yeah. In between, yeah, but I do know it, but I do agree with your point you know what i mean and like i just think like what makes an uh an action star extra iconic and its proof is in the pudding that we are ranking these guys slightly below and slightly above um is these franchises are attached to swash negri said terminator Stallone, rocky and rambo mel gibson lethal weapon and uh, Bruce Willis for uh, Die Hard like those are the some of the biggest like I know if you want to take a let's Rocky because technically not an action franchise because it's a it's just a sports movie kind of thing like in drama so if you just want to include Terminator Rocky um, sorry Terminator Rambo uh, Lethal Weapon and Die Hard they're probably four of the most iconic franchises of all time like of all time like in terms yeah. of action movies like can you name an action franchise that's probably gross more than any of those I, I doubt there is any Oh, you know what, man? I don't think it's worth the mental power to even go through my because I can't. It's definitely not on. It's not on the tip of my tongue. If, yeah. You know, God no. Yeah. And I, sorry. Go ahead. But yeah, but even you know they opened up a uh, Planet Hollywood or whatever those things are yeah, called together, yeah, 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 yeah. and it was really funny when they were all like in the nineties and stuff. And again, always Bruce Willis just looked mm. like the odd man out. But he always, but you're right, he absolutely earned his place there. Like you said, the the zenith, the absolute top of the mountain for this culture that there was, especially the nineties, it belonged mm. to action. The eighties might have belonged to, to to like horror, and you know you could just yeah. go through. And now we're in the kind of superhero phase, maybe. But the nineties yeah. belonged to action, and that the three people that the owned that was these two absolute you know giant spectacular you know cuts of men and then you had bruce willis and mm. i always thought that of them all bruce willis was the charm mm. Mm. you know he, he he never had to play second fiddle that's the thing like he didn't need muscles because he had such a good personality like you know what i mean like like even, yeah. even though he bulked up like like in between you can tell in between like the, his later movies and the earlier movies he did that he's a lot bigger like you know what I mean he definitely bulked up in terms of from Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 5 there's a difference completely in physique and like but he never went like oh I'm fucking rip roaring rip my shirt off he was going around in Die Hard with a wife beater in his bare feet ripped the shreds like you know what I mean like ripped the shreds and like his feet were fucking bleeding and they were tied up in rags and shit. There was nothing like glorious about it. You know what I mean? That's what I loved about Die Hard. There was nothing like standing there with a massive gun like in Rambo. And he's like, da, 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 da. And he's like yeah. fucking gleaming and like, you know, like and he's six pack. And he's like, da, da. And like in Predator and shit like that. And like they're all muscle bound. But you see in Die Hard, this guy is covered in muck, blood. And he's That's fucking- what I'm saying. He would never have a commando. Yeah. He, like by the time he got to the top of... Uh, <laughs> 
what's the name of the tower? Takanashi. Uh, Nakatomi. Nakatomi Tower. Uh, by the time he got to the top, he'd earned his stripes. Yeah. He'd walked barefoot through glass. He'd taken, <laughs> he'd taken gunfire. He'd been in like a fist fight with a, a, a crazy fucking Aryan Superman base. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> but he had when he got there. And, but do you remember? I remember. And then in my, my head jumps to Commando. There's one scene where he's got the quadruple rocket launcher. And he's yeah. running away and there's like five guys behind him and they've all got machine guns and they're just blasting away. Yeah. And he runs for a couple of seconds and then turns around and shoots the rocket and kills them all. And I was like, mm-hmm. what happened? What were those bullets doing? <laughs> like, yeah. it's like we're talking to like full spread, like, you know, but like, they're yeah, just that, like, nah, nah, nah. And he's just like, <laughs> Mm, it's like lining up the rocket launcher it's exactly like, like it's like wait is these Russian commands licking his thumb and checking the wind like. <laughs> yeah get a blade of grass just like leaves the rocket launcher down and yeah. you're like still firing at him he gets a blade of grass and just chucks it and you go oh easterly winds about 20 knots cool 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 I got this and he's like leaning up oh shit I have to reboot it <laughs> and they happen to have to reload once man the fucking ammo count of 1980s machine guns were insane yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I think it was up there 160 170 <laughs> yeah, yeah. thousand <laughs> thousand yeah <laughs> that's it like even like his first kill he fights the quite nerdy guy in Die Hard and he kills him and then he sends him down in the elevator with like now I've got a machine gun yeah ho 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 now ho, 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 now we've got a machine gun and uh uh, and you just think like, yeah, this guy is like, this guy is just on a wing and a prayer. And that's what Bruce Willis films had. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he, yeah, you had that whole, like he's going to get hurt. In fact, and yeah, there was the idea that he was actually in peril that yeah. I think a lot of the, like the Rambos and stuff didn't have the Rambo certainly didn't have a Terminator wasn't designed that way. He was a robot. I, I'm yeah. not one, but that in the same vein. Cybernetic Which, organism. Yeah. Like the, the best one. That's why I think Schwarzenegger at his absolute best was Predator. Yeah. Because that was him. Pearl. Yeah, because he's in peril. But like mm. Bruce Willis met his money being an actual peril. Yeah. He died he died on the meteor. Mm. You know what Armageddon, I mean? Armageddon, another movie we didn't uh, mention. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even mention that was an absolute blockbuster, you know. Mm. Um, but he did, he died on the meteor, you know. He shot himself through his own collarbone to take out the guy in Die Hard Four or Die Hard, whatever it was. Yeah. And yeah. um, so yeah, there was just that. And Bruce Willis was the what if you got stuck in this scenario and somebody gave you a gun and you're thinking, shit, I don't know, I suppose I'll just crawl up the vents, hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, it wouldn't be like, because like Rambo took on the Russians yeah. in the third one. Yeah. You remember there's that scene where he's like, it looks like half the Russian army's out there. Fuck them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, one thing I loved about um, uh, Bruce Willis, especially John McClane, is like, he's the kind of person that like, he's always been just like uh, ridiculously tough. And really good at problem solving. And yeah. he always found himself in a situation where the people that were against him always underestimated him until they, they were fucked. Yes. Yeah, you know, it was that kind of thing. Like, you know, um, apart from maybe part three, because he was playing with him and toying with him. And even in part three, he didn't respect his intelligence because he was just toying with him and Samuel Jackson Jules, I think it is. And yeah. they were just, just uh, sorry, no, Zeus. What's that his name? Yeah. <laughs> Zeus. Why did Jules sound right to me? Was it Zeus? Uh, Jules, Jules is a uh, Pulp Fiction. Ah. Um, but yeah, Zeus is like father of Apollo, shove a lightning bull up your ass, Zeus. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was like, uh, hey, Zeus. He goes, why are you saying, hey, Zeus? Do I look Puerto Rican to you? Was, <laughs> the guy was sick calling you, hey, Zeus. So he was saying, hey, Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, I'd only ever seen, I don't even know if I've seen Pulp Fiction before I've seen before I seen the third um, Die Hard. So Die I do think Avengers. the third Die Hard with a Vengeance was uh, my introduction to Samuel L. Jackson and he was fantastic in that film. Yeah. And I think there were two guys I've argued are has been overexposed, um, but at the same time, they're not two people who can't 
really give you a great film. And yeah. they both got together and gave us a great film. I'm glad they worked together, actually, because... I yeah. hold them both in so such high regard in that sense, you know. Yeah, they work together in Pulp Fiction. They work together in Unbreakable. Glass and Unbreakable, Glass, yeah. yeah. Um, they do work well together. They've got natural chemistry. They really they do. do, like you know what I mean. But they're two people who kind of have a lot of natural charisma, so it does yeah. just seems like unless it'd be one thing or the other that they absolutely could not work together, or that they'd be brilliant together. I don't think there would have been any grey. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't think there would have been any great. Yeah. And it's funny, I want to jump on a point. You know, when you were saying, why do people... A talking sit, point. A talking point. But you were like, why do people keep hiring Jake Courtney or something like that? Jake Courtney, and it's, yeah. yeah, but they, they, this is the thing. They're trying to wedge like Scott Eastwood and they're trying to, you know, there's these guys. And maybe, you know what? Maybe we're sitting here in just like, you know, huge. who was Hugh Jackman when he became the Wolverine? Mm. Um, so maybe I'm sitting here in six months and I'm absolutely eating my own words. And, that, and that's fine. I'm not above yeah. it when I'm wrong. But I feel like there's been a lot of guys over the last few years that they're trying to shoehorn in as like we'll make him the next like action guy he's got the jawline we're going to make him the new this or the new this or the, the new you know bruce or something like that jason Stam is the closest Stam, yeah and, and he's had it he's had an excellent career yeah but at that same time again i put him slightly above a van damme but you're not putting him in a bruce willis you're yeah. not putting him in a bruce oh, willis oh no but i think he's the closest to that kind of mold of a Bruce Willis where yeah. he has the charm the charisma he's not like stacked with muscles he can fight even though he's more of a martial artist than Bruce Willis that's granted like you know but look at the back catalog of movies he's done like he's done a lot of dramatic roles as well but he has franchises he's had Transporter he's had Crank and like you know what I mean and one thing all these actors have had is a combined franchise too that we haven't really touched upon is the Unbreakable franchise um, or sorry the fuck the Expendable franchise and um like we finally got to see Bruce Willis, Special Stallone, Aaron Schwarzenegger, Jason Statham, all these dudes in one movie together. What do you think of these fucking movies? Bit little too late, or do you just watch them for the corn? I watched them for the corn. Yeah. Uh, you know, that at this point it was just like, yeah, it did feel like it was a little bit too late, but also why not? Like, why not? Like these guys have earned this incredibly self-indulgent. Yeah, over the top, you know, make and Van Damme a bad guy. They made fun it. of themselves as well, and they made fun of themselves. You know, you're always coming back. I'll be back. You know, yeah, and, and yeah, they did. They, they they had a little bit of fun at their own expense. So there was a little. See, I I always say this to you: the films you c- cannot stand are the films that don't seem to re- like a bad M Night Shyamalan film. It doesn't seem to realize how bad it is. Yeah. So you're watching it and going, "Well, it's this happening." Terrible. Like the happening is what actually was going through my head when I said mm. happening. Or planet Earth. Earth. <laughs> or after Earth, sorry. After Earth, yeah, but at the same, uh, uh, I never actually watched that. But uh, at the same time, uh, it, it's not being aware, and I can't forgive it. Just mm. how do you not know you're making a very, very, very bad film? Mm. Uh, but the, the, he knew he was making kind of a corny, kind of silly film, and he yeah. tipped his cap to us, the audience, so many times. I was like, yeah, I don't think I, I, there's three Expendables. I think is there? I think I've watched two, and I'll, yeah. I'll get and I'll, whichever one I happen to watch, I'll get to at some point, and that's just fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's how they are. But I'm glad those guys have earned it ten mm. times over. Like Dolph Lundgren deserved a little bit of spotlight, you know, and uh, yeah. Van Damme deserved another uh, go around. So yeah, no, I I I, I definitely tip my cap to to all of them. To be honest with you, yeah, but like the amount of entertainment they've given us from the eighties to the nineties and onwards, like you know what I mean? Like I know their their apex was in the eighties and the nineties. When you want to talk about, like, well, maybe Bruce Willis going into the two thousands because he made a lot of quality movies in the thousands as well. Like so, oh yeah, well that's when when Unbreakable was, yeah, and, and, and Six uh, Sense and all these. Six Sense was ninety nine, really... I think. Yeah, so was it? The, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. but it's that era though. Yeah, exactly. Like so, like uh, the the longevity that these the, the these dudes have has been incredible, and it's like it's deserved as well because it's mm-hmm. said they've done nothing but entertainers. Whether or not these movies are always amazing or not, 
they're always entertaining. Whether for one, like I like Cosmic Sin, that's not a great movie, but I laughed my ass off. I was still entertained by you know what I mean. Like, um, and it's I'm not, I'm obviously going into Cosmic Sin with a less of a uh expectations and i would go into like a looper where you have like it's a mainstream even though it's a slightly indie sci-fi but you have someone like a ryan johnson you have a joseph gordon levitt attached to it that it's going to be a solid movie and joseph gordon levitt is one that doesn't make a lot of movies but he makes generally very good movies and that's something that's like uh when you're going to that movie you can have heightened expectations and you enjoy it um and like in cosmic sin it's like it's a different you know it's going to just be uh kind of like a a kind of B, B, uh, B class uh, action movie. And if you go in with those expectations, you're going to be entertained by it. But if you go in anything else above that, you're going to be disappointed. And I just think that when you look at the trajectory of these their careers, that I think that if you always went in with the right expectations to their movies, that they'd always entertain you. Whether or not that was the heightened expectation of the Die Hard movies and or Armageddon, or if you go on with Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, look at the career this dude has had. And you go on even with the movies like Expendables, Cosmic Sin, Looper. But if you go in and all these varying degrees of uh, expectations to these movies, you'll always be entertained. Because the entertained always... should be. The, that's, yeah, that's, that's number one. That's, the, always that's his benchmark. Yeah, that's yeah. his benchmark. Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's entertained as always. And sometimes he's a wilders. That's, that's what, what else could he do? Yeah, that's you know a really I mean? good like, way of putting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because like Six Sense, Unbreakable, two of them are so beautifully done. Those movies are not only like M. Night Shyamalan's best movies, but they're Bruce Willis, some of his best performances are very muted, they're very withdrawn. And it's like very ins- uh, insular kind of performance where it's like introverted and it's takes away from some of the charm that we know him for. But still, yeah, he uses that charm in a slightly different way. But to uh, ultimate effect, and it shows you like especially Sloan did in Copland or even Schwarzenegger did more recently, like a film like Maggie, that you have these movies that these dudes can actually act if you give them a chance. And even when they're not doing um, the acting, they're doing action. And they're doing it better than anybody. And they've been doing it better than anybody for about 30 years. And even though some of these movies aren't amazing, they're still fucking entertaining. And that's 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 what Bruce Willis has always done. He's always entertained us and sometimes he's wowed us. But when he's wowed us, they've been fucking epic movies in their own right, you know? Agreed. Agreed. Before we get out of here, is there anything you'd like to say to give like a last hurrah to Bruce Willis? For me, I think it's just thanks. It's been an absolute hell of a ride. And just thanks for all of the years you've given us. Yeah. Uh, God, man, and, and and he's not, and you're not going to be replaced. And I think that's probably how it should be. Well, the only thing I have to say about Bruce Willis is they're like, what's some Bruce Willis movies? They'd be fun. It said, they'd be fun. It said, come over here. What's some Bruce Willis movies? They'd be fun. It said, and they were not wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we could get together and we could have a few flat laughs and we could watch yeah. a Bruce Willis movies. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing about man, like just he's an icon, he's a legend, and I hope hope his health fucking holds long enough that he gets much older before it really starts to degrade on him. And um, he can kind of see how his retirement and actually enjoy it because he's given us so much enjoyment over the last few years that he does deserve nothing but a good fucking retirement because he's a legend. And that's all I have to say is like I hope he dies hard. That's all I'm saying. There you go. Yeah. There you go. We'll leave it at that. Anyway, let's get out of here, man. Cool. See you next time, motherfuckers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. And I'm your host, Old John Tui. This is Talking Binds. We're talking about Bruce Willis's retirement. See you next time, folks. Peace. I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Peach. <laughs>